Welcome to Today Dreamer. Today Dreamer is all about finding the balance between exploring yourself and taking action on the insights that you discover while also moving mindfully through the process. So I'm very excited about this episode because I've had a bit of a struggle recently with my own inertia. I haven't been able to get moving. I've gone to a bit of a standstill. And this is kind of like my first bit of movement back in the game, my first little step forward. So I'm so happy to have you here on the journey with me. Today's episode is a very special one. I'm going to be talking about anxiety and I'm going to be talking about the importance of following your dreams. I've got a conversation which I'm going to include with David Hay, who is a guy that retired at the age of 60 and decided to go sailing around the world for 12 years. So I met with him on his boat, Sahula, and we had a discussion about his amazing, incredible journey. And I got some really special insights from that discussion that I wanted to share with you guys. And it really, a lot of what he was saying, I felt was a metaphor for life. You know, you can go through the storms of life and as long as you've got a bit of perspective and you're a little bit prepared and you're willing to take real action when it's needed, then you'll be okay. And as you get through that storm, sunny weather will appear in your future. And then another storm, other storms will come, another one and probably another one after that. And the skills that you learn along your journey will help equip you to handle the next one that comes your way. So I'm going to read you a quote now. And this is something that really hit home. To dare is to lose one's footing momentarily. Not to dare is to lose oneself. And that's by a Danish philosopher called Soren Kierkegaard. He's a 19th century philosopher. And he was talking about anxiety and how anxiety can be a double-edged sword. On one hand, it can really allow you to realize yourself and give you signals that are really important that you might need to hear in the moment. But on the other hand, it can completely ruin your life depending on your willingness to take action and your willingness to go into the unknown because it, you know, a lot of fear stems from uncertainty about our futures. I'll read you one more because this is good stuff. If anyone on the verge of action should judge himself on the outcome, he would never begin. So that's that's pretty crazy if you think about it. And it's something that I found myself doing even recently just about this podcast and about um, everything that I want to achieve and accomplish and move towards, whether it's within myself or to help and serve other people. I've, I've found that if I judge myself on the outcome, it really holds me back. It gets me in these these thought patterns that really lead to passivity which is a dangerous thing. So I think it's very important to be mindful of these lessons and just use anxiety as a signal or a sign and believe, have the faith that if you prepare to a certain point, things will begin to unfold and the beauty of your life, of your path will begin to reveal itself and you just need to have that trust in yourself, that faith and just go for it. You know, if you... I'm, I'm, I talked to David about his preparation for this massive 12-year trip around the world. He began with it only being, you know, a thought of maybe it's going to take me about five years, ended up being 12, so that shows flexibility. But in his preparation, he made a plan and it wasn't perfect, but he got things kind of 
per, like ready enough. He was prepared enough, and then he just went for it. And that pulling the trigger part is something that really resonated with me. If you followed my stuff before, then you know that I sold almost all my things, and I went on this trip around the world for the last couple of years. And that that decision to just go for it, even though I was scared shitless and I was worried, I didn't know, I was uncertain about what the future held. That decision to just go for it ended up being one of the best decisions, I think, of my entire life. So if you're faced with something and you feel the intuition, your own intuition pulling you in a direction, my advice and the advice of Kierkegaard apparently as well, and of David, I'm sure as well, is to just go for it. Just prepare yourself, make a plan, um, make your plan smart. So make sure it's specific, it's realistic, and it's time-framed. So just put it down on paper and make sure that you've got some kind of a deadline to that. If it's really, really big and complicated, then just break it down into chunks and work through it. But make a plan, put it down on paper, and start moving towards it because it's too easy to you know, just allow yourself to believe that tomorrow is when everything will happen. But tomorrow is a trap that a lot of people fall into. But in saying that, it's never, at the same time, it's never too late to follow your dreams. And I feel like David proves that. Uh, he's 73, year, 73 years old now. He's been traveling for the last 12 years. And just such a wonderful conversation. And I feel privileged to had, have had the chance to sit on Sahula on his boat and just kind of have a chat to him about his life and his journey. So here's that conversation. I really hope that uh, you're able to draw something from this, whether it's inspiration or just a little bit of motivation to move forward on your own dreams. And yeah, sit back and relax and, and enjoy the chat with David. You know, some people, a lot of people, love to follow their dreams. You know, that's the uh, one of the secrets of a good life. And uh, there are people who prefer to do some perhaps highly intellectual things. Others just like adventure. Perhaps like, some like to combine it. I like to combine it. Um, to me, having an adventurous life with some risk is puts that edge on life, which is quite valuable to me. And I believe valuable to a lot of people, particularly to the younger people. The older ones tend to think they've lost the, the opportunity, but that's not so either, as I think I've proved. I took off when I was 60, um, having retired from the university, and uh, I had a dream, which was, from some experience having sailed since I was about 10, uh, to sail around the world. I can remember it being an enormous release to me that I could finally do it, um, I'd planned a bit. I mean, I bought the boat four years before I actually left and worked on it. I lived on it in Townsville in North Queensland, and I got it to the point where I was ready to go. You can never get it to the point where it's perfect, so I didn't worry about that. Also, I didn't have a crew, but I was able to sail the boat myself, and uh, that wasn't a problem. I was financially independent. I had superannuation and a part pension, and I didn't have a lot of interest in money as a necessary for my life. Uh, what was necessary for me was living it, and here I was. I enjoyed the university. I enjoyed my family. I'd enjoyed a pretty good life, but I was about to step it up again, and that was exciting. So 
I took off, I sailed up the Australian coast, I went over to Indonesia where I joined a rally. This was wonderful because uh, here I was in a rally of over 100 yachts, some 300 people from all over the world sailing through Indonesia under a government-organized um, rally. And that was quite important that it was government-organized because there were quite a few hassles from port authorities and things if you didn't do it that way. And uh, we got to Singapore through, the, through that. Um, I had a young crew on who was a, a German fellow, and uh, he writes in my um, guest book because he had no experience. Um, he was just on the wharf with his girlfriend, and he said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Borneo. He said, well, you need a crew. And I said, well, yes, I do. And he remarked how, in the guest book how remarkable it was that uh, he could during conduct a night watch, be alone on my boat while I slept. Uh, he found that quite odd. Um, I didn't. Um, what else would I do? Anyway, we got safely up to Singapore, and uh, and then I had to cross the uh, eventually from Thailand uh, across the Indian Ocean. So I again took on a crew and sailed over to India. Um, this was the first long passage, and I was a bit grateful, I suppose, that the weather was rather calm. People often ask me, have you had any bad weather? This is a classic question. And uh, I say, well, maybe I have to you, but to me, with my experience, I didn't see it that way. And I've had no what I call threatening life um, weather, cyclones or whatever. I keep well clear of those by good planning and using the available information on weather. You're saying everything that kind of comes up is, is if you look at it as a challenge rather than something bad that's happened. Exactly, exactly. One of the things I did when I bought this boat is I settled on a designer, which was a Dutch designer, van der Stadt, because I knew he designed very good seaworthy boats. And seaworthy boats, well designed, is a safety factor for you, for yourself. So this boat, Suhula, is a 36-foot van der Stadt steel yacht uh, which sails well as a cruising yacht. It's not a racing boat, but it sails well and behaves superbly in weather. Um, it's very strong being steel. Uh, you don't need a strong boat just because you're going to hit a reef. You need a strong boat because when you're in the oceans and you're getting tossed around like a cork, you require that boat to be, well, very strong because it bashes waves. Um, and big waves can be a bit like being hit by a rock. Um, so it was strong and it survived and it has survived. Twelve years later, here I am. So you originally were, you were telling me you originally were meant to be going on, well, not meant to be, but you had the plan or the idea to set out for five years and it turned into 12. Can you talk to me a little bit about how that happened? Well, yes. Uh, look, I really didn't have any boundaries, uh, but everyone I talked to seemed to take that length of time, three or five years. Uh, but as I went on, there's a lot of the world. And uh, I kept extending it. Um, I had wonderful adventures. I got to, uh, I did the normal thing up through the Suez Canal and got to Turkey. Then a f friend of mine on another yacht said, well, I'm going up the Danube. And I wasn't ready then. And uh, I said to myself, why can't I go up the Danube? Much more interesting than the Mediterranean, which everybody does. And uh, he wrote back and said he had a great trip. And I took on a young Australian crew. And uh, Nathan and he and I, we dropped the mast in Romania and went up the Danube. Uh, 
Well, Sahula is the only Australian yacht, so I was told by all the all the lockmasters and people, that they've ever seen on the Danube. Um, so we have a little bit of notoriety in the history books. Um, yes, that's right. You can do things, and it took longer because of that. And you were mentioning a little bit earlier about uh, the fact that you 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 wanted to make sure that you were ready for this journey, and it's it's nice that you had the flexibility to kind of go off with, you know, following your intuition or, or just following kind of recommendations from people and uh, allowing mm-hmm. yourself to go in these different directions and opening up to you know any spontaneous experiences that that came your way, which I think is a powerful thing when you're looking at um, not only growing but also kind of just immersing yourself in anything that you do. Uh, but before you before you went on this trip, you mentioned yourself being ready, but you can never be completely ready. Could you could you expand a little bit on that and how you got to that realization? Well, for a start, I, I didn't have a crew. I mean, I had to decide that I wasn't going to need a crew uh, somehow. But I, I, I arranged the boat uh, so that I could sail it myself in all conditions, motoring, sailing, or anything like that, and uh, and that turned out as it was. I mean, it got me through all these amazing places. Um, I also, uh, you know, had to decide, but I had enough money. I didn't know. I mean, you know, they say you can get around the world on $10,000. Well, you can, but uh, it's a pretty straightened life. Um, and I uh, I had to leave my daughters. Um, that was a bit of an ask. Uh, but they'd left school, quit getting jobs, and frankly, they were keen for me to go. I don't ask why, but anyway, I uh, I found it uh, not so difficult to leave once I started. You've got to make the break. Um, I sold my house. I didn't have any bills, any phone bills, any rates or anything. I just was free. It was a, a wonderful feeling, uh, quite unique, I think, because most people wouldn't want to sell their house, but it was sell the house or not own the yacht. Well, that wasn't an option. And so uh, I had to make that break like that. It was a fairly solid break. And I didn't, uh, I left when I retired. So, you know, getting a job when I came back wasn't really an issue. Um, But even if it was, I'm a lawyer, I could have got a job. Uh, I couldn't use my job on my way because being a lawyer means you're very much nationalistic. And in terms of you can only do that in Australia on my qualifications. Um, So there were a lot of things that I had to say to myself. I'm free. I've always wanted to do this. Um, this is the ultimate experience. I'm 60. Go. And I did. That's amazing. That's, that's, that's incredible. And it's, I don't know, I feel like this kind of a journey would have changed you in so many ways, many ways I'm sure you might not even realize. Are there any, any kind of standout points or anything you've discovered along this? You know, it's quite a long period of time. Um, that have stood out as kind of important lessons for for you in your own life? Well, now that's, as I say, I need time to think that's a good question. (laughs) Um, Have I changed? Uh, Perhaps others might note that, my daughters, for instance. Um, I think I've probably become more mellow. Um, I I tend to be more patient. Um, I don't have stress. Uh, I'll put it this way. I handle stress much better. Um, I regard stress when I'm cruising on a yacht as an adventurous experience rather than as being somehow uh, something which is a, a negative. Um, so when I'm in a rough conditions, I'm not too worried about that. I uh, have confidence in the boat, confidence in myself. 
Um, and I actually enjoy it. Um, I love being at sea. I was doing what I love. Uh, so did it change me? Yes, I think I became more mellow. I think I became more understanding. I became a better person. Uh, and I think that's what everyone should have. Um, you know, the trouble in many ways with people who live in their worlds is that they get very stressful, very in, uh, they look inwards rather than outwards. They don't see the world as a bigger place. I became an international person in the true sense of the word. I didn't recognize uh, any problems with borders. I loved everybody I met, and I met many, many people from different cultures and things, and I think they enjoyed the fact that I was a fresh breeze, if you like, um, a gale to some. Now, I, uh, I found myself a much better person. I think that's what it does for you, and that's a great feeling. Do you mean, when you say that's what it does for you, do you mean sailing, or would you say like going on an adventure and, and kind of diving into the unknown or kind of everything or all of the above? Well, let's just say I think sailing rather uniquely does that because where can you go in the world when you're in the middle of the ocean where there is nothing but you and the fish and a few whales and maybe the odd ship, uh, but very rarely. I mean, it's amazing how you don't see things when you're out there. They seem to be there all around the coast. Where do they go? But you know, you don't see them. Why is that? Because the ocean is huge. That's the difference. And so I think the sea uh, provides something which you can't really get in a landward condition. Now, if you go out the centre of Australia, you'll certainly be in remote places, but you're there with Aboriginal, Aboriginal people, First Nation people, and probably a few four-wheel drives punching through now on various tracks. I think the ocean is definitely unique. And when you're on a boat, you are um, within your own world. You've got your house with you. It's not as if you've left it in a four-wheel drive to wander around. It's your house. It's the, this is it. And that's a great feeling uh, of giving you confidence and knowing that when you get somewhere, you're, the, you're home. You're home on the world. You're, you're free. And that's, I think, really a remarkable thing to have. Yeah. Most people don't get that experience. Yeah, I feel like that's quite a unique, that must be quite a unique feeling. Being somewhere, you know, you almost feel like you're in the middle of nowhere and there's no one around. You're the only one there far as the eye can see and you're you're at home i guess and you're immersed in nature as deeply as you possibly can be right you're there's no kind of um high-rise buildings around and there's probably not much technology going on and it's just kind of you and the elements that must be yeah quite a quite a rewarding experience but i'm, I'm sure it comes with its own challenges as well um, well there's no one out there to help you mm. if you get into trouble you're on your own uh, that's uh, also a good feeling, strangely enough, um, because it means you really are independent. Uh, you can send out a message saying, I'm having trouble, but nearest ship's probably 500 miles away, if, if not thousands, uh, and uh, they don't move that quickly. Uh, so you are really independent, um, and so you should be. Uh, I don't think you can go to sea and put the responsibility of being rescued on others. Um, there's a, there's a, there is a central theme in sailing uh, that you always help your mates who are on a boat, no matter who and where they are. And a couple of those t times I've had to deal with that. I've gone to people's help. I've had help myself. I've sent out pan-pan messages uh, and been rescued. Um, 
from the surfers, surfers, surf waves on the beach from not far off. Um, there have been times. Um, but when I was rescued, I was uh, within sight of a rescue boat in a coastal condition. Uh, but when you're at sea in the middle of the ocean, you are on your own. No doubt about that at all. And that, I think, is a wonderful experience. I think there's a common theme that's, that's kind of floating around is that, you know, failure isn't actually a bad thing. The more times you fail, the more you learn. And uh, it's interesting when we reframe failure. I think with uh, the challenges that you must have experienced on the boat, uh, like needing help or um, like kind of going through rough conditions and you're talking a little bit earlier about having to hold on and being thrown around in the boat and just all the different kind of, I'm sure there's a lot of intricacies of sailing that you need to be able to be on top of. And you'll, you'll face this constant stream of challenges that I think every time you, you overcome these challenges and it gets a little bit difficult, you said it gets quite exciting for you, which is interesting as well. But I think that that allows you to kind of um, learn, grow, develop and constantly, you know, push past your comfort zone, which I think is something that, you know, not a lot of people outside of the sailing community um, would experience in the same kind of way. Uh, many people, I'm sure, would, but it's 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 an interesting thing that I've noticed among people that constantly face these challenges. Uh, they they develop a, a kind of a grit, a kind of a um, confidence in in being in these in these situations because you could probably approach, you know, we we're talking about public speaking earlier, and you could probably approach that with the lessons that you've learned from sailing or other kind of challenging moments in life with the with the resourcefulness that you've learned or that you've gathered yeah. in this other area. I find the crossover quite interesting. Yes, yes, that's right. I mean, I, uh, having sailed since I was 10, um, sailing doesn't bother me. I, I just think that's part of, like you say, the challenge, and I can deal with each, ca each, each situation. I remember one of my crew saying, you know, David, uh, I've watched you move along the deck. Um, I never, and I don't recommend this, but I, I never wore a safety line. Um, I know my boat very well. I know how it moves. Um, there may be a time when it moves a bit differently and that could cause a problem, but I move across the deck um, a bit like a, a ballet dancer, I guess. I, I just float across. And the crew noticed this. I'd never thought about it. Um, the point I'm making is that you get, uh, with each experience, a better person, uh, more skilled person, if that's the word, more comfortable with your environment. And uh, what seems to be an obstacle along the way to some is something I just glide through. Uh, now, if I was ashore, I mightn't be able to do that. But on a boat at sea, I can. Uh, so that, you know, while we all look at these people sailing around the Southern Oceans in these horrendous conditions, including myself, I look at them, um, they are very good at that con those conditions. I would never go down there, but that's, that's the way they like to do it. So you do build on each experience. Um, and that, of course, is, gives you great confidence and great satisfaction. And your inner self uh, is, uh, is uh, very mellow in that situation. I've used that word, uh, mellow, uh, because that's what you become. Um, stress is something which you say is adding to uh, the experience, uh, adding to your skill, and leaving an end result uh, in yourself, which allows you to cope with the next challenge. It's interesting when you when you look at moments that you'd 
you'd potentially want to be quite mindful in, especially, you know, if something happens all of a sudden on the open ocean and you need to act quickly, I'm sure that kind of scenario would come up from time time to time. You'd need to be mindful in that moment and present, right? And totally present. A lot of the times I feel we stress about things in the future or things about in the past and we're not really present in that moment and that stress isn't really needed for us to survive. But I think on the ocean, you'd come into some really kind of sketchy situations. Have you been through any kind of moments that have been, you know, I need to be here right now, otherwise things are going to go south real quick? (laughs) Well, that's true. You do get that on the ocean, but things settle down on the ocean on a sailing yacht, and it just sails on. Uh, Yes, you get uh, a storm, uh, or you get a quick gust because it's dark, it's no moon, and you can't see the rain squall coming or the the line of, of weather. Um, and it hits you. So you quickly got to go up and change the sails and things. But of course, that's something which you just do. You get up, you can almost feel that change coming before it hits you. Um, and uh, you take action. The real problems for a sailors are not on the ocean. They're along the coast where the rocks are right next door to mm. you. Um, people have sailed around the world quite happily. They get along the coast. They make the mistake of going to sleep because they could do that before with their self-steering on. Mm -hmm. The self-steering breaks down and suddenly they're on the beach within miles of their destination, ultimate destination. Uh, This doesn't happen often, but it's an example of what can happen. So um, the major stressful, let's call it that, challenges in another term, are along the coast. Uh, When you're going into a port you don't know, uh, and you uh, you got to be very sure that you're not going to hit a rock or get swept by something, a wave that you didn't expect. Um, just recently in Tasmania, uh, you know, we had to get across to Flinders Island, and uh, it was blowing a gale, uh, and we didn't want to cross the bar. We found a little anchorages. We were able to stay there till the morning. We took off in the morning to cross the bar. We did, but in the middle of our course was a sandbar with breaking waves, uh, which uh, had just formed as, you know, sandbars change. And I thought, I've got shallow draft, I've got a good motor, um, I've done this before, we'll keep going. And we got across with just a few inches, but we did get across. Um, Now, you know, if you didn't have that experience at history, you might say, let's go back. And frankly, if you go back in such situations, it can be worse. Put your boat at risk by turning around in turbulent conditions on sandbanks and things. You can get into worse conditions. Uh, so uh, you've got to have confidence. It's, yeah, it seems like there was a moment in there that you actually—it was like a positive affirmation. You went through your own experience in your mind, and you reminded yourself, "Hey, look, like I know what I'm doing here. Been yeah. through this kind of thing before, and I can yeah. handle it." And I think, you know. Being kind to yourself and being positive in those moments is an important thing. So you could just as easily have been negative and and had some negative self-talk going on and that Mm. would have affected the situation, I'm I'm sure. Absolutely. I mean, if you didn't have the background, you might have panicked. Yeah. Uh, And in that situation, if you panic, you could well and truly uh, end up in ultimate conditions. I mean, a disaster, frankly. Um, so yes, uh, you gain the experience and that guides you safely through, through the lifestyle you've chosen. Uh, that's important. And, uh, you know, I don't know whether a lot of people have enough lifestyle in say, like sailing, like I do to actually find those times 
Um, life changes too much. There's too many different things they do. Uh, and uh, to have the time to, to, if you like, settle in on that type of lifestyle, that's something unique about people like me who cruise the world. Um, so, uh, you know, you take it as you come. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you would have met a, a lot of wonderful people sailing and, and uh, heaps I, and heaps of different people from different backgrounds and different stories. I have. It's been absolutely wonderful, uh, the people you meet. Um, you know, uh, I uh, I have good friends in most countries. I've been to about 38 different countries um, and uh, not all on the boat um, through South America. I backpacked through, but I met wonderful people. And we all keep in touch at various times. My crews, for instance, there's about 20-odd crew. I keep in touch with them. Um, yes, they're all adventurers, and they've got wonderful stories. Um, you can imagine them all getting together. I mean, heavens above. We've had some great parties. You know, people just uh, do it on a, on, a, on a whim. And uh, they have a few beers. They get their their guitars out or they play the piano or a violin in one case and you have the most wonderful nights and it repeats itself because you sail as you do a long trip like I have and uh, around the world you meet people in one port you meet them again and maybe in another port they come and they go so it's a fresh experience each time and uh, yes wonderful people wonderful people and of course I went up rivers uh, and up canals uh, Norway St. Petersburg Across, across Sweden, across France, uh, all in this boat, uh, mast down, motor on. Well, wonderful experience, very rich. Sounds wonderful. And it's just great meeting you today as well, like through Yvonne, who's another another friend that you, you've made along your travels. Yeah. And this, this kind of stream or sense of adventure, uh, adventure seems to be quite strong in your life. Has that came from a certain place or can you kind of pinpoint, has that always been there? My father was a great adventurer. He came from a poor family in North Queensland. Uh, he tells the story how he and his brother, when he was only about seven or something, walked some hundred miles down to Cairns from North Queensland uh, in the Atherton Tableland. Really? You know, a remarkable man, a great outdoors person. We used to walk the Burdekin River full of crocodiles. He had a twenty-two rifle. He used to sit on a rock and watch us swimming. I don't know what he expected that to do. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, we, we used to go out for two weeks uh, every holiday and walk these rivers with that rifle. No food apart from a few oats and, and dried peas. But we used to shoot kind of pigeons and odd pig and things and live off the land, uh, you know, remarkable. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how he knew there was water anywhere half the time, but we used to dig down in the sand and water would come in. This, uh, this is an incredible background. Um, yes, I, I, I benefited from that. And when I left school, I joined the British Merchant Navy as a cadet, the only one who'd ever done that from North Queensland, which is farming, of course. I didn't know what the Merchant Navy was, but it offered an opportunity um, through a friend of my father's, and I joined up within a month. I was on ships traveling the world as a cadet, training to be a captain of a ship. Um, I did that for five years. Um, that really unsettled me. There's no way I could take an office job. But then I went on to become a lawyer, and of course I had an office job. Eventually I went to the university where I was happier. Um, so, yes, your lifestyle designs your job, the way you deal with your family. I kept my children well and truly in the outdoors to the point they wouldn't sleep in a tent, they wouldn't sleep under the stars, um, you know, that type of thing. There were three girls. Um, 
So, yes, I think if you have a lifestyle of a type and can carry it on to the next generation, then that is a really wonderful thing. Um, and I do that through my, my family and also my involvement in conservation, um, where I've been very active as an environmental lawyer on a matter called Hinchinbrook Island and national parks. Um, and uh, I have no regrets about that. I find that stimulating. You need, as well as sailing and cruising, you need to have your own level of intellectual stimulation. In my case, I do painting, I'm an, I do art, uh, I do some writing, um, and uh, you know I really enjoy all that. You need that as well. It's not just about sailing. Uh, and I travel you know, like through South America and through Turkey, inland. Um, I go on trips. It's all part of the mix. There's no excuse for a boring life. <laughs> I think that's a it's a pretty good way to end our uh, end our <laughs> chat. There's no excuse for a boring life. I love that message, and I think it's um, yeah, it's something that I've really been looking at is is how to live a more meaningful existence and and help people do the same, whatever that means to them, because everyone's got their own version of what that might be. But I think it's definitely worth you know considering what that is for you instead of kind of coasting along. You've met the right girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciate you taking the time to have a chat with me, David. It's it's been a pleasure and it's been fascinating just kind of, you know, even sharing these moments with you guys and and spending some time on Suintula. Terrific. <laughs> yes. Look, it's been nice to talk to you. I wish you the best. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much for mindfully engaging with this conversation. I really hope that some of this washes over you and it gives you some, a little bit of wind behind your sails in moving you towards your dreams, helping you weather the storms and allowing you to see those storms as a building block towards your own self-realization. Develop your focus and take some action by tuning into more of these episodes and really applying some of the things that you're learning here. Um, so there'll be more stuff to come. I'm going to tailor... Um, the episodes around the content rather than just having interviews nonstop. I'm going to be trying to make episodes that are really uh, driven by the value that you can get out of them. So stay tuned for more stuff. Hit subscribe if you if you haven't already. And um, yeah, thanks again for giving me your your time and your attention. <laughs>